Hi, I'm Aubrey Charette. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Please subscribe for updates and new episodes to this podcast. Also, you can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Join us each Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live. Be sure to like or follow our page while you're there. Hey, thanks for tuning in. So glad you're here. We're going to open up the Word, and we're in the midst of a series I think is going to help a lot of us. It is helping a lot of us. I was thinking uh, this past week that uh, one of the things that I guess is pretty fortunate, I've just not had a lot of significant injuries in my life. So if next week I come up on crutches, we'll just have a good laugh about it. But, you know, the only really big injuries I've had in my life, I was so young, I don't remember. And so uh, for the most part, for the life that I can remember, I've been pretty okay. But then I had kids. And let me just tell you, we've had some injuries, staples and stitches and broken things. And so, so I was just remembering this week one particular story that I'll never forget. Uh, my wife, Lauren, and I were celebrating our anniversary And my mom, who happens to live in Richmond, was in town uh, for a few other reasons. And she had the idea, hey, I'll just come and let you guys go out for your anniversary and celebrate. And at the time, we had three kids. So going out for like a real dinner with grown-up food was like awesome. Like, yeah, we'll do that. And so uh, left my mom with her kids. We're out having dinner downtown. We get about three-fourths of the way through my hamburger, whatever I was eating. You know, I wasn't quite done. And I get a call, and I see it's my mom, and I'm like, this probably isn't good. And I answer, and all she says is, Adrian, you need to come home. And I think she told me everybody's alive, so that was good. But other than that, she said, you need to come home. And so we rush home from downtown, and we get home, and Reese, our oldest, I got her permission to share the story. She had face-planted on the driveway with her scooter. So she's gushing blood all over. My mom's kind of crying because this was her one responsibility to keep everybody not bleeding. And now she's bleeding. And and, uh, Camden, my oldest son, he's real tender and he's upset because, and when I say Reese is crying, she's like hysterical. Like, I don't even remember what happened. I don't know. I don't. She's just doing that. everywhere. So we're like, what? And then my youngest, I got his permission to share this too because this is the the best part. Uh, Once I knew later that Reese was okay, I laughed so hard about this. So we walk in again, the scene, my mom's panicking, Reese, there's blood and she's screaming and crying and my oldest son's really emotional, upset. And then our youngest son is just walking around with a face like this. And all he's saying when we come in the door is he's going, blood, tears, blood, tears, blood, tears. And he's just, I mean, he's like the most hysterical. At the moment, I was like, what is wrong with this kid? But later, we just laughed because she was fine. I mean, a few stitches. She's got a little scar. It's pretty cute on her chin. And we talk often about that story around the dinner table. Blood, tears, blood, tears. So today, I want to talk to you about some of the scars in your life, some of the wounds in your life, and maybe not so much the physical ones. Right now, you could show, you know, oh, I got this injury, and this, you know, that's cool, but today I really want to talk to you about something much deeper. You see, uh, we all carry scars. We all have wounds from our past, and we're in the midst of the series called Free From Yesterday. And what we truly believe, we truly believe because we believe this is true. God's word is true. We believe that that God can set us free from our past. No matter the shame, no matter the rejection, no matter what yesterday holds for you in your past, we believe God can set us free. And today, I want to talk to you about the pain in your life. Not just physical pain you've endured, but no, something deeper, emotional deep wounds that you have carried with you. You see, we acknowledge that our wounds can come from lots of different places, right? 
They can come from past sin in our lives, maybe current sin, things that we're doing that we know they're wrong. We know they're in direct opposition to what God would say in his word. And because of that, there's hurt and pain, maybe now, but certainly in our past because of the decisions we've made. Maybe we have wounds because of failure, failure that you've disappointed yourself and others. And now when you look back to your past, that's all you see is the wake of destruction that you've caused. Many of us, many of us watching today have been wounded by others, right? The abuse, disrespect, mistreated, abandoned. And today, you know what I'm talking about. The hurt, the pain, the wounds from your past. Finally, maybe you've experienced incredible loss in your life. Loss that will never go away. That person that you lost, they'll never be there again. And so when I talk about wounds in the past, you're saying, man, Adrian, if you only knew, if you only knew the wounds that I carry today, every single one of us can identify with a past and wounds and pain that still hurt today. But today I have good news For each and every one of us, no matter where you find yourself, no matter where your story of your past is today, I believe I have really good news. And it's not my news, it's God's news, it's his word. And today I really want to define and organize this message around two statements and a question. I have two statements. I believe they're true, absolutely true, about the pain in your past. And then I have a question Not really just my question, I believe it's the question that God would have us answer today. And so as laying a foundation for this today, I want to begin with statement number one. See, statement number one is this, that in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your disappointment from the past, in the midst of your scars, your wounds, not the physical ones, something deeper inside, in the midst of all that, the truth is God loves you. Just just let that settle there right there in your lap, there in your living room, that in the midst, in spite of all that you felt, no matter what your circumstances told you, no matter the feelings and the emotions, which, man, those matter, don't they? And at the moment, you didn't feel like he loved you. At that moment, when you looked at your circumstances and you looked at everything that was going wrong, it didn't really feel like God loved you. In the midst of that, but the truth is, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your disappointment, in the midst of the wounds from your past, he loves you. This morning, I want to focus a bit on the Psalms. Uh, The Psalms, if you're not familiar, you just kind of open your Bible in half, and there they are. And the Psalms are really, really good, especially at a time like this, when we're experiencing grief and loss and joy and disappointment and worship and despair, because that's the Psalms right there. Uh, David, the psalmist, often in the midst of every psalm, there's worship and there's joy and then there's grieving and sorrow and disappointment. And so often I I read the psalms because I feel like, man, I I can relate to this. But in Psalm 34, 18, uh, it says this. It's a simple verse, but I think for it, it it encapsulates two really important statements of truth for us. And so Psalm uh, 34, 18 says this, that the Lord is close To the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I want to focus for a minute on the first half of this. It says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Again, the truth is that he loves you. Even in your pain, even in your broken heart, the truth of God's word is that he 
is close to you. See, our emotions, our circumstances at the time make us feel like the opposite. The lie of the enemy, the enemy of your soul, the lie is to believe that God is distant in our pain, that in our wounds he is far from us. But the truth is, in our pain, he loves us. He's close to us. He is close to the brokenhearted. In John 11, one of my favorite stories in Scripture, and HFC and family, you know this because I I preach on it as often as I can. It's a story of Jesus being close to the brokenhearted, identifying with the pain and suffering of others. You see, in, in John chapter 11, his friend, Lazarus, dies. Lazarus was not just a random dude. It was not just a stranger on the street. This is Jesus' friend. He had spent time in his home. He was close not just with him, but with his sisters Mary and Martha. And so uh, what is so significant to me about John chapter 11 is that Jesus comes to the tomb of his friend that he knew was dead. And Jesus even knew that he had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. And spoiler alert, he would. But what moves me in John chapter 11 is it says when Jesus comes face to face with pain, face-to-face with suffering, when he sees Mary and Martha weeping at the tomb of their dead brother, it says that Jesus weeps. Jesus weeps. Why? Because he, he, he shows us a God who is close to the brokenhearted. He shows us a God that does not run from our pain, that the moment our our pain and our circumstances get difficult, he does not turn a blind eye to us. No, in our pain, in our brokenness, he stands with us in our grief. That's who our God is. See, the truth is, he loves you, even in your pain, even in your brokenness. This is who our God is. Jesus himself would say it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. He would say, blessed are those who mourn. Think about that statement for a minute. That when you mourn, you're blessed. Well, that's stupid, Jesus. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Mor- not, just, not just, you know, teary-eyed at a Hallmark movie. or not, No, like mourning, broken, uh, overcome with grief. Jesus says you're blessed. When that happens to you. Why? Because you'll be comforted. Jesus is is trying to help us see the heart of the Father. And the heart of the Father is that when we as his children are broken. And we feel empty. And we feel like the pain of our past is too much. Then God is able to most carefully come and minister to us and love us. It's like when my kids, I use this example often, when they're having a bad day. And what's wrong? Nothing. Nothing. You're pushing me away. Pushing me away. I, I can't, as a father in that moment, truly do what I want to do is just wrap them in my arms and love them. And sometimes, in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our wounds from our past, We begin to mourn. We begin to cry out in brokenness. And in that moment, God is able to most embrace us in our time of need. The truth is, in your pain, he loves you. He loves you. That's statement number one. Statement number two is beautiful. It's simple but profound. You see, in your pain, in the brokenness, the wounds from your past, God can heal you. It's not just, you see, it's not just that he loves you in the midst of your pain. He can heal you. 
Look again. Look again at Psalm 34, verse 18. Again, we just read these simple words, right? It's simple words. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. We, we talked about that. That's this idea that he's close to us and he loves us. But then look at the second half. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Listen, it's not just that he loves us. It's not just that he desires to be close to us in our time of need. No, no, no. He wants to minister. He wants to save. He wants to heal us in our brokenness. This is the truth that God can heal you. We believe that's true. We believe in the power of the word in which we read. And the truth is that God can heal you. Later in Psalms, Psalm 147, uh, the same guy that wrote these words, right? He would write again, but this time he's writing to a specific group of people. And he's writing to a group of people who had experienced pain in their past. They were exiles, meaning they had been exiled from their home. They were living in exile. And in the midst of exile, in the midst of that brokenness, this is the hope. This is the hope that they're given in Psalm 147, verse 3. It says this. It says, he, speaking of God, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Remember, in your pain, in your, the truth is that he can heal you. And what I love about this passage is I love that it says he heals the brokenhearted. But then I love this imagery that he binds up their wounds. Because, you know, don't you miss the days... Don't you miss the days of you had a boo-boo, right? And I'm picturing my finger because this is just the body part that my toddler gets hurt all the time. I don't know what happens, but all the time. And she comes to me and I just, I kiss it. And then magically it's like, oh, better, you know? Don't you wish that's how God always, I mean, he can heal like that, but I'm just here to tell you that's not always what happens in my life. I love it when it does, but it's not always like a kiss on the boo-boo. And it's, the truth is sometimes the healing in my life Sometimes it's like, it's like binding up my wound. It's like he wraps it and he cares for it and he nurtures it. And maybe the next day it's not going to be better. And maybe a few days from now I'll still be able to see that. But time goes by and God begins to heal because oftentimes in my life, it's not always that he heals me instantaneously, but, but it's literally that he's binding up my wounds. And as I walk with him and as I journey with him, the healing truly begins because God heals. He heals. Listen, a heart that's guilty, he can give us a heart that's forgiven. A heart that's resentful, he can give us a heart of peace. A heart that's anxious, he can give us a heart that's confident. A heart that's lonely, he can give a heart full of love. A heart that's bitter and angry, he can give a heart that's full of love and generosity. God can heal your heart. And while these are true, I I can point to you time and time again in God's word, and I, I could bring up like person after person in this local community of faith, who could speak to time and time again in my pain, no matter the brokenness of my past, God showed up for me and he loved me. And I could do that and I could tell you story after story of people who who at the lowest point in their life could show and today testify that God healed them even in spite of their past. And even though I could say that to you today, to believe these statements as truth, it still requires faith, doesn't it? I can tell you all day that in the midst of your pain, God loves you. 
I can tell you all day and I can show you truth after truth after truth that he can heal you. But ultimately, it requires trust, doesn't it? It requires trusting that even in my pain, he loves me because I can't always see it. It takes trusting that he can heal me because sometimes the prayers that I'm praying aren't really being answered the way I'm asking. So even as we talk about these statements of truth, we have to acknowledge they require faith. They require trust. I promised two statements and a question, and really I've said everything I've said to get us to the main passage of Scripture that I want us to land in today. It's the story of Jesus, and so the question is not my question, it's his question for us today. But if you would, if you have your copy of Scripture, I know we've already been in uh, God's Word, but we're going to be in John chapter 5. This is the story that I'd really like etched in your brain today. This is the story, again, I'm a visual learner, so as you're walking through your week this week, this is the vision. This is the image I want you to see in God's Word. It's the story of Jesus encountering somebody who was broken, somebody who had wounds, physical wounds even. But man, this story is so important to us, and listen for the question that Jesus asks. I'm going to begin reading verse 1, John chapter 5. It says this, some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who had been there, an invalid for 38 years. And we, Jesus saw him lying there, learned that he had been in the condition that he was in for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? I want to pause there for a minute. I want to pause there and remember, this is a pool. This is not your local YMCA pool, you know. Uh, some of you are wishing you could swim. I get it. But this is not a Jesus at swim team practice. Uh, this is a pool that historically was believed that's something pretty powerful about it. That they believed that the waters would be stirred by an angel of the Lord. And when the waters were stirred, it was kind of a race. Whoever got in first would be healed. And so here's a man for years and years, 38 years. He, he couldn't walk. He was a, an invalid is what John's gospel says. And now Jesus comes and asks him an ever important question. Do you want to get well. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? <laughs> Let's continue reading in verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. <laughs> you see, the question today is the question that Jesus asked, not just the man in John chapter 5. I think it's a question that he asks of us today. Do you want to be healed? Think about that question for a minute. Doesn't it seem like in some ways that Jesus lacks compassion? I mean, here's a man, 38 years, laying in the same spot. He's obviously got nobody to help him. And he, he has the audacity to ask this man, do you want to be healed? Like, what's he going to do about it, Jesus? Where's your compassion? 
And in response to this question, look at what the man says. He has some reasonable responses, right? What does he say? He says, I got no help. And every time I try to get in, somebody else beats me there. So it's not my fault, is what the man's saying to Jesus. Go pick on somebody else, right? Can I tell you the truth about my life? Can I tell you the truth about the wounds from my past and my pain? Is that many times I feel a lot like that man laying by the water paralyzed because of the brokenness, the mistakes I've made, the pain I've caused, the ways other people have hurt me. Sometimes I feel a lot like that man laying there by the water. And sometimes, can I just be honest with you today? Sometimes if Jesus were to show up in the midst of my pain and ask me that question, Adrian, do you want to be healed? I would want to say in that moment, yes, but you know what? I feel like more times I'm not what my response to Jesus would be. It would be something like this. Um, But Jesus, they really hurt me. Don't you understand? But, But Jesus, Jesus, I want them to pay for what they did. If I forgive them, if I move on, then, then I'm giving approval to what happened to me, and I can't do that. Jesus, man, if I let you heal me, then I'm saying that what happened was okay. And in fact, Jesus, what if it happens again? I'm just going to be honest for a minute with you that, that oftentimes, if I think about myself, paralyzed, wounded by my past, and I think about Jesus coming and asking me this question, I begin to point out all the reasons, just like this man in the story. All the reasons why the circumstances are too difficult, why it's so hard, why I can't believe that healing is possible for me. But Jesus says to me, Adrian, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? I, I came across this quote uh, by, by author and speaker Christine Kane. It really challenges me, it really challenges me. As I came across it this week, I wanted to share it with you. It says this. It says, God healed me, but I had to choose that healing. To be made whole first, I had to admit that I wasn't. Wow. Wow. It's it's like this statement that we keep using over and over again in this series that your past has no more power over you than what you give it. Because sometimes in our life, we have to choose the healing. That God has for us. You see, the truth is, again, about my life, I don't know about where you are today. The truth is, in my life, sometimes I want to be accepted rather than healed. The truth is, sometimes in my life, I want to be comforted rather than healed. The truth is, in my life, sometimes I want to be enabled rather than be healed. I'm just being honest with you today. So when I hear Jesus... When I experience Jesus come in me and look me in the eyes and say, Adrian, do you want to be healed? i got to be really honest with you. Sometimes I don't really know how I would answer that question. If we aren't careful, our identity, our identity is caught up in our pain, isn't it? We're defined by our wounds, by our brokenness. But Jesus asks you and I a powerful and profound question. Do you want to be healed? Is the healing about us and about what we do? No, no, absolutely not. It's not about speaking healing into existence, and that's not what we're saying. But today, are you willing to trust God enough with your healing to allow him 
to do what only he can do, set you free from yesterday. This is the truth I keep coming back to this week. I believe this is true for us, that his healing follows your trust. His healing follows your trust. Now listen, listen, this is so important for us today. That doesn't mean that just because I trust him, healing shows up. It doesn't mean that I'm the one healing myself, but this is true. And listen, I know it's true in my life time and time again. If I can't trust him, how in the world is he going to heal me? If I can't trust him enough with my hurts, if I can't trust him enough in that vulnerable moment, laying there by the water, broken and defeated, To hear him say, Adrian, do you want to be healed? And in that moment, what he's really saying is, do you trust me with your healing? Do you trust me to heal you how I want to heal you? And in the moment, I got to be honest, the only way to experience the healing God has for me is if I trust him. And so today I want you to know that I believe his healing follows your trust. Show me a place in your life where you don't trust him and I'll show you a place where he can't heal you because you don't trust him. Show me deep healing that has happened in your life, and I'll show you men and women of God who have been willing to step out in faith even when it hurts, even when they have all the excuses why it's hard to say, I trusted God enough to believe he could. Because his healing follows your trust. I want to close with a passage that we are very familiar with in this series. We've opened up with it the past two weeks, but I just... I just thought it was so significant for us as we close this morning. You see, the Apostle Paul is writing in prison. In the midst of prison, in the midst of what will be his execution, what will lead to his death, he's got a lot of pain and suffering in his past. He's got some wounds. He trusted the Lord, and it didn't always work out perfectly the way he thought, probably. But in the midst of this, he makes a powerful statement that we've come back to time and time again, but I don't want you to miss trust how trust shows up in the midst of this because this is what he says. He says, forgetting what is behind. That's what we're talking about free from yesterday. Forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I want you for just a minute to look at these words. I want you to think about what it means that as we forget what is behind, we're, we're straining Ooh, that's a word that requires some effort, isn't it? That's a word that there's going to be some resistance there. That's a word where we're going to have to step out and we're not totally sure how it's going to go, right? Pressing on, right? Isn't that, doesn't that kind of give the illustration that sometimes there's going to be some opposition and sometimes there's going to be pain and there's going to be brokenness and there's going to be every excuse that I can give on why God can't heal me. But Paul's saying, even then I press on that man what a beautiful definition of trust i'm straining toward what's ahead i'm I'm forgetting what's behind I'm, i'm pressing on what a beautiful powerful illustration of trust and so my question for you today my question for you today is do you trust him enough with your healing Will you trust him enough? I mean, the the power of that statement that we made earlier, I don't want you to miss it, is that his healing follows your trust. Not my healing, not always the healing I signed up for. I'm here to tell you, man, there are people that could testify today to say, it's not always how I wanted. It's not always how I thought. I thought it was going to end this way, and it didn't, but it was his healing. And sometimes trust is that, is God, I give up 
on my outcome. I give up on my dream, on the thing that I thought, and I'm going to trust that you heal your way. I trust you enough with my healing. I believe today some of us are watching, and we need today to make the decision to trust him with our healing. Whatever it is, however broken you feel, however painful, whatever wounds in your past that you're dragging with today, in faith you're going to say, I'm pressing on, I'm trusting God enough. I hear him look me in the eyes and say, do you want to be healed? And today emphatically I say yes. I will not make any more excuses, God. This is scary and it's hard and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be straining ahead, pressing on. But God, in faith today I do it. And if that's you today, can I pray for you? Can I pray today you'll have the courage, you'll have the faith, the trust to believe in your pain, he loves you. In your brokenness, he can heal you. And today, will you answer in response to his question, do you want to be healed? Today, we believe he's able. We believe he has the power. We believe that what the enemy purposed for evil, we just sang that a minute ago, didn't we? What the enemy purposed for evil, he can use for good if we trust him. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at for any questions about our church. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.